Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. How's everybody doing today? Blessed. Too blessed to be stressed, right? You know, I said, no, I'm stressed, but blessed, right? You know, uh, sometimes life, you know, is, is not always what we want, but God is faithful through all of it. Um, man, just even through worship, I want you to know, God wants you to know who he is. Through the storms and weathers of life, that if we will be mindful of who he is, what he's done in the past, what he is currently doing, we will understand that he will be faithful for a lifetime um, you know, God knows so much more than we know. And if we will just have his perspective, um, let's tell our leadership team, man, if God is in the boat with us, don't fear or fret. Doesn't matter what the storm looks like around us. If he's sleeping and he's all calm, we're going to be okay. Um, if he's not in the boat, consider your life choices, <laughs> right? So, Hey, um, so last week we talked about, I just, I kind of just, uh, segued from our series and just shared about our Brazil trip Thank you so much for all of you guys praying over that trip. If you missed it or the details you want to hear about that, check out our podcast. They uploaded all of those details. Um, I'm not sure which one they update or which one they um, uploaded, but uh, each of them were slightly different. I'm sure. Uh, I asked my son. I said, "How was it?" He goes, "Man, pretty good for not planning nothing." So, well, there's always a plan. God always has a plan. We just want to be obedient to it. Um, so we're going to continue today in, in our basic Christian doctrine series. And t- this morning, we're going to look at the laying on of hands. Um, Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. So the whole point of this series is to grow. It's to go from where we are now to move forward. Now, if you are a uh, solid, mature Christian uh, in the room this morning, and you're like, why do I got to talk about the basics? Why do I need to look at these fundamentals? Mental things. Well, what we want you to do through this time of covering these basic Christian doctrines, we want you to evaluate the foundation, right? Just because a foundation is established doesn't mean that it won't have cracks or weak points in it. What we want is for that foundation to be established so that all of us can go on to maturity. You know, I hate when, you know, how many of you have had foundation issues in Texas? Like I mean, almost everything, everybody deals with it to some degree. Um, but, you know, critical uh, issues in the foundation affect the whole house. Um, and if we're going to build and we're going to grow the, to the way that God wants us to, we want to make sure that that foundation is established. Um, so it's interesting to me that the laying on of hands is one of the six. You think about all of the things that God would say, these are the most important, these are the fundamentals, these are the basics, that laying on of hands made the cut. Now, we know week one we covered repentance unto dead works. That means anything that we're doing within our own strength, trying to earn salvation, we need to repent from that. There's nothing that you can do even on your best way to make it to heaven. So any, any self-qualification, any of me thinking I can be good enough, we need to repent from that. Um, and then we talked about faith towards God. So faith towards God is trusting that God is the only way through Jesus. Uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. So we have to have faith that God is the only way. He, is, he sent Jesus as the mediator between us and God, and he redeemed all of those things. And we have to understand that God is trustworthy, and he will do what he said he will do. He will never let you down. He will never fail you and he will never forsake you. 
It's faith in God. We have to understand. And then we talked about the doctrines or the instructions of baptism. Now, understand it's baptism, so it's plural. So we talked about water baptism, and we talked about Holy Spirit baptism, right? You know, there was, you know, John's baptism, Jesus' baptism, then baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to pause just for a moment until I get it, before I get into the meat of this message. So when we talk about baptisms, there was water baptism, and then there was baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to challenge you this morning. The scripture says, believe and be baptized. If you are a follower of Jesus and you have not got water baptized, what in the world are you waiting for? I'm going to make a long, awkward pause there. What are you waiting for? Like, either you're going to be obedient to what God asks us to do or you're not. It's not really that complicated. It's just, well, you know, pastor, no excuses. Unapologetically, it says, believe and be baptized. There's actually a a passage in scripture uh, talking about the household of Cornelius. When he found out that someone was not baptized, he actually commanded that he be baptized. He said, man, he hadn't been baptized. Be baptized. So I'm not going to command you and make you, but I'm going to strongly urge you, if you are a follower of Jesus and you haven't been obedient in getting water baptized, you need to do that. Um, if you've been baptized at another church, I'm fine with that. Just, I'm, I'm, guess I'm not okay with you saying I'm a follower of Jesus, but I've never been baptized. Where's the breakdown on that? So be obedient. If we can't be obedient to that, what else will we flake out on? Don't be a flaker. Get baptized. But keep moving, okay? Because that's just, I feel like, man, that's something God wants you to hear, wants you to be obedient to that. There's blessing in obedience. So uh, with that, you have, you know, so... When we look at this list, it's really cool because it starts at the beginning, being in sin, and it goes all the way to the end, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. It really covers the gauntlet of the Christian experience, right? So doctrine about baptisms, we get saved, we get baptized. Hopefully, God willing, you you know, you get saved and you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You release the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, because one of the reasons we lay hands on people is impartation of the Holy Spirit, uh, which we'll look at in just a minute. Um, And then then next we're going to look at resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. You know, so these are the fundamental basics. So laying on a hand. So physical touch is just something we do, right? Right. you know, uh, uh, we're, we're just, I think for the most part, we're physical people. I'm, I am a physical guy. I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to put my hand around your shoulders. I'm, I'm, I'm a physical guy, right? Some of us may say, oh, I don't really like touching people, da, 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 like my space. But nonetheless, it's something that's common that happens all the time when we look at it in the natural, right? Uh, you know, a husband and wife, when they're getting along, they might hold hands. When they're not getting along, they're kind of like, hold your own hand. Right. You know, you can see like, you know, if they're sitting together or they're not sitting together, you'd be like, oh, yeah, something's going on. huh? Uh, you know, you can tell what, you know, not being connected, not being close. But in just a natural sense, let's think about what it does. Connection creates contact, which is relational. It, it, it's really a sign of affection. You know, when I shake your hand, it connects me with you and you with me. Right. There's nothing in between us. It causes all of these things to happen. So physical. So, so think about it real quick. Um, you know, what is the spiritual point of laying on of hands? Like I said, it made the list. So why do we do this? Now, one thing we want to do as a church, we don't want to just do something and not know why we do it. And I'm sure you've seen it. People come up for prayer. What happens? They lay their hands on them. Well, why are they, la- why are they laying hands on them? Is that just... I don't want to be a guy that just says, we always do it just because we do it, but we don't know why we do it, right? We want to understand what does scripture say when, and not just why, not just do they do it, but when 
Why did they do it? Because we want to understand what the scripture says, okay? So when we look at the three main reasons of laying on of hands, now understand it says laying on of hands, not laying on of hands. Come on, I'll put some hands on you, right? You know, get your husband around the neck. I'll just love you. You know, like, we're, I mean, that's not what it's talking about. It's laying on of hands, all right? Not placing hands on somebody, even though you might like, oh, I'm going to give you some Jesus today. Um, but scripture uh, kind of systematically, I, I found out it kind of categorizes it in three ways. The three reasons for laying on of hands, first and foremost, it's for releasing. And that releasing is releasing a blessing, releasing authority, or releasing healing. Okay, we got that other slide. Come on, one more. Hit that button one time for me. There you go. All right, secondly, receiving. So impartation of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see, and we're going to look at scriptures. Like, don't just say, oh, okay, I guess I'll take your word for it. We're going to look at all the scriptures that reinforce all of these things anyway. But so it's a releasing, it's imparting uh, blessing, authority, and healing. It also allows you to receive the Holy Spirit. It's practiced, it's modeled. And then also ascending, right? A commissioning, a setting into office. Uh, We see all of these things practiced with the laying on of hands. So when you think about laying on, your, on, your, uh, on of hands, think about a transference. A transference, something is happening, a positioning, um, releasing of a blessing, releasing of authority, releasing of healing. We have to understand that that authority, blessing, healing, Holy Spirit has to come from somewhere. It's not just like, and just shows up, right? It has to be either given to me so that I can give it to others, or it has to come from somewhere. So we have to understand, think about it this way. Um, if I am gonna make, if I'm gonna transfer money to you, what happens if my bank account is zero? Hey, I've never even seen them do that. Hey, I'm gonna transfer hundred bucks, but I don't have a hundred in the bank. I've never seen them credit a transfer, right? But if I have funds in the bank, how many of you know I can transfer those funds to you? Right, I have to have the funds available, um, and then I can transfer it to you. So think about the laying on of hands of taking what I have available to me and transferring it to you. Now, we have to understand what I have within my own ability with just in me. Now, there are a few, there are a few differences because I have authority in this church. I can position authority in this church. So it's a little bit different. Not just anybody can say, oh, I'm going to position this pastor in authority in this church. Without me being involved in that, good luck, Chuck. It's probably not going to happen. Because the authority I've been given in this house, I can position that authority, right? Um, now think about it maybe, maybe another way. You know, with our children, you know, if we got fathers in the house of children. As a father to children, you have the right and the authority to bless your children, you can release that blessing, right? Because you have that blessing to give, all right? Um, so we want, to, we want to realize that what I have available or what is within me, I can transfer to others. So let's take this a little bit deeper. Last week, we talked about baptism of water and baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is within me, you have to understand that there is a deposit of the Holy Spirit, but whatever the Holy Spirit has available is also available to me. What he has, I can give. Now, understand that there is nothing special about our hands or the posture or anything like that. Without the Holy Spirit's power flowing through of us, we have very, very little to contribute. Really, very little will happen if the Holy Spirit is not activated through us and released to do all that he wants to do. So, when we talk about spiritual gifts, whatever gifts the Holy Spirit has, 
I can tap into. But we have to understand that. Now, this morning, before I get too deep into this, I want you to realize that if you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has already begun to work in your heart. It says nobody comes to salvation unless the, 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 the Spirit of God draws them. So you have to understand, you coming into a relationship with God was the drawing of the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus, guess where the Holy Spirit begins to indwell? On the inside of us, right? So the Holy Spirit is already there. He has just not been released. We like to use the word release, not indwelled, or one of the, all of those things. Like He is in there. He just hasn't been released yet. Um, we were in Brazil during 4th of July. That was, I didn't get to see no fireworks. That was like the most bummy thing ever when we were flying back. They said, hey, you can pull up the 4th of July scene. So I was like, oh, they're going to show fireworks. Dude, it was this corny picture of like one expressive whatever. Just a st- It was a still image. I was like, go America. Like it was, <laughs> it was completely let down. But think about this, the Holy Spirit. How many of you, uh, I'm assuming you guys went to the park or you guys popped fireworks. How many of you have seen the grand finale one that you popped last? And that thing just keeps going. And it gives you that. Oh, man, that's a good one. I don't know who paid for that, but they just burnt a lot of money. Like I think about all these things, right? Money. The quickest way you'll, you'll, you'll throw away money is, is lighting a firework. It's like, it went 50 bucks, gone. It's great though, right? But the, the grand finale, the, the lighting, man, it is just amazing, full of power. I mean, you, everybody sees it. You have to realize the Holy Spirit's kind of like that inside of us. You just got to get that fuse lit and allow him to be released out of your life. He's going to accomplish great things. There is a lot of wow and wonder and excitement that's going to happen. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to come out of us, to be released Understanding that all of the gifts that God has through the Holy Spirit, as a son and daughter of God, guess what, has been given to me, not for my own benefit, but be able to take those things and give them to others. So all the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit has, I have available to me. So the cool part is God allows me to disperse these gifts to others. He allows me to release these gifts through our cooperation, through the laying on of hands, praying in faith, doing all of these things so that we might see the power of God released on the earth. Um, man, I've really been challenged personally of, of saying, Lord, why are we not seeing? And, you know, and not even we. I said, Lord, why am I not seeing more power in my life? Well, let me challenge you today. The power is not limited by the Holy Spirit. If anything, he's limited by our capacity to understand, our faith to believe, or maybe it's just the commonplace practice of not doing what he says do. So we're going to look at why we lay on hands. If he says, hey, come up, get your hands, get people to lay hands on you, get them to pray for you. Why would we not model what he says? Why would we, you know, I, I, think, I think about, I mean, I know why we do it, but I don't know why we do it. Um, even, you know, we had a baby dedication the other day. I said, Hey, all of you guys stretch out your hands. Well, we know stretching out our hands is modeling, physically touching, but that's not really like the laying on of hands. It'd be like, here, like I'm gonna lay my hands on you. I mean, that's not, I mean, yes, but in practical, that's not really what he was talking about. Right. There has to be a physical interaction, you know, uh, I don't know if that's the COVID approach. Lay my hands on you, brother, way in the back. Social distanced. I don't know. Like that's, that wasn't God's model, right? Close proximity, getting, getting close. Um, 
the laying on of hands. But here's what it says in Matthew 10, 6 through 8. It says, Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Verse 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Period. Okay? So you're like, oh, man, that'd be cool to do that stuff. It, it, wasn't, it, it doesn't really communicate it as optional. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. I'm like, dear Lord Jesus, Holy Ghost, you got to do something because I don't know how to do any of that. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Period. Not heal the sick if you want. Set those free who are oppressed if you want. Like None of this was communicated in a way as optional. It was communicated as fact. But what it said, what you have received, freely you have received, freely give. So the same thing, the measure that I have been given, I can release to others. Right? You're like, I don't even know how to lead somebody to the Lord. Well, if you got led to the Lord, you can lead them down the same path. If you don't know what you have, do you even have it? Like we have to, you know, cross, Jesus, death, resurrection. He loves me. I don't deserve it. He forgave me. Do you want him to? Like that's simple. Like it's not really like, but if you can, you can only give away what you've received yourself. So let's really understand what we receive. You're like, maybe, I don't know. I just came up. That pastor told me to come. I don't even know what I was coming up there for. I just came up. I got saved. I don't even know what that means. You need to figure out what that means. Because what you've been given, you are encouraged and you are challenged to take what you've been given and give it to others. Okay? Freely you received, freely give. So we want to do what God has commissioned and called us to do. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. So every time the passage says laying on of hands, I'm going to over-reiterate that just so you see it in Scripture, you understand it in Scripture. After today, I hope you have no fear unless you're like kind of like germaphobia. Like you, it's okay if that's like why you're hindered from like this laying on hands thing. Weird. You got hand sanitizer first, whatever. We'll do that if that helps you. But I want you to get over the awkwardness of feeling like laying on of hands is not normal and not what God wants and not God's model. Okay. I want you to walk away being like, man, okay, I see that. Verse six, Second Timothy one six. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands for the spirit of God that God gave us does not make one of us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline so we understand fan into flame this gift of God which is in you through what the laying on of my hands so it was transferred it was given through the laying on of hands so this is also fan into flame the gift of God in our lives so um, how do we fan into flame this gift how do we cause this faith this gift to grow the gift grows when we use the gift, right? You know, it's like, a, have anybody ever got a super awesome Christmas gift and you just left it in the box? Loser, like the fun starts when you take it out of the box and you enjoy the gift that you were given. How many of you ever got a gift where the more you mess with it, the more you play with it, the more you realize it does and you're like, man, this thing's really cool. Holy Spirit's kind of the same way. You do not know the magnitude of what the Holy Spirit is capable of until you begin to partner and allow that gift to be released. Take him out of the box and let him do all that he said you're capable of doing. Doesn't matter what you have to contribute. You can do nothing by yourself. Repentance unto dead works. We got that, right? I can do nothing, but I'm going to have faith towards God. I'm going to be obedient and get water baptized, man. And I got to be full of the Holy Spirit because I can't even do this unless the Holy Spirit is in me and being released in my life. 
How many of you see that it's progressive? But how do we get these gifts? How do we release these gifts? How do we do all of these impartations? The laying on of hands. So let's look at these first few reasons. Let's look at this first reason for laying on of hands, and then we'll look at the second one and third one. So number one, imparting blessing, authority, and healing. So this is the releasing gift. So releasing a blessing, I kind of communicated it really quickly, but uh, as a child, I can place my hands on them. One of the scriptures, Genesis 48 Uh, Verse 9 and 14, this is where Israel was blessing Joseph's son. So we had Manasseh, um, who was the older, and then Ephraim, the younger son. And what was happening, both sons were brought forward, and he he was going to bless the sons. So right before he... Now, according to the biblical times, your oldest, the firstborn, was always the blessed one. And the other one kind of, I don't know what happened, got what was left. Um, but what happens as he goes to bless him right, right before he does it, that he crosses his hands and he puts his right hand on the younger son and the left hand on the older son. And the father gets a little bit frustrated. He says, no, 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 you're messing it up. You're supposed to put your right hand on the older one. And then he speaks a prophetic word and says, you don't understand the younger one will be greater than the older one. And once he placed that blessing and he released that blessing, it was done. Um, another story, Esau and, uh, what is it? The other, where he tricks the birthright and help me, huh? Jacob. Okay, man, I can hear the front row. I hear the back row. Um, but what happens, he gives his blessing to one and then the son comes back and says, father, now give me my blessing. But he had already released the whole blessing to the, to the younger son and had tricked him and so that means that once a blessing is released, it's irrevocable. It doesn't come back. It is sin and it is done. So through what? The laying on of hands. Right? We know that once that's done, it's released and we can count it as good. So we can impart blessing to our children. We can release blessing. It says that he placed his hands on their head and he blessed them. All right. So imparting blessing is is one of the ways that we um, practice the laying on hands. Number two, imparting and releasing authority. So authority gives the person the same level of authority that you have to give. You can't give authority that you don't have to somebody else. Um, You know, it'd be like if I said, all right, I'm gonna make you a police officer today. Now go out there and try to be a police officer. Good luck. I don't have that authority to give you, right? You know, chief of police, your captain's going through school. They'll give you that authority, but you can't just get that authority without the right people releasing that authority. Um, But let's look at a passage, Numbers 27, 18 through 20, 20, and then verse 23. It says, so the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a a man in whom there is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hands on him. Verse 19, have him stand before Eliezer, the priest, and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Verse 20, give him some of your authority. And then in Deuteronomy uh, 34, 9, it says, now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. Now, understand, you can give the authority you got. So before I left to Brazil, now I didn't come up here and replace my hands on the leadership of the church, but I did encourage them when I left. I said, well, while I'm gone, you're in charge, you know? And uh, they're like, well, you don't understand. I said, hey, 
you don't feel it, just act like you're in charge. I don't know what to tell you. Do whatever you need to do. Um, so if, let, let's say I would have came back and you guys would have gave the leadership all kinds of flack. I ain't doing that because that ain't Pastor Noe. That's just Pastor whoever. That's Elder so-and-so. I'm not going to listen. You know what's going to happen when I show back up? Me and you are going to have a real come face-to-face conversation because the authority that I've positioned, you listening and submitting to that authority is just like submitting and listening to me. If you don't honor that authority, you're not honoring me. And if you're not honoring me, you're not honoring God because God has established the authority of this house. Well, I don't agree with them. It has nothing to do with agreeing. It has everything to do with submitting to that authority. But what is the model? It says, bring them before the people, place your hands on them, commission him. But we see that authority had been given. It says, Moses, give him some of your authority. Through what? The laying on of hands. Okay? Um, thirdly, on that first part of releasing, we, we can impart, impartation of healing. Now, understand, you can do nothing within your own strength to release healing virtue into somebody's body, into somebody's situation. That is only going to happen by the power of God being released in your life. We have to understand that the Holy Spirit is more than capable, more than able to do that on your behalf. Right? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, wrap your mind around this, that same spirit of God also lives inside of me and you. Has to be tapped into, it has to be released, it has to flow through us and out of us. If it happens, it's not because of us, it is the grace gift of God being released out of our life through the Holy Spirit to impact and bless the lives of others. Okay? This is what God does. So Mark 16, 17 through 18, it says, in my name, you will place, they will place their hands. They'll do what? Place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. Or in another translation, they will recover. So the power was given to the disciples. It was given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But God wants us to release this power by placing our hands on people and praying for them. It's awesome. It's amazing that God uses it this way, that he requires faith. to Faith requires action, um, but we, we see it is it, possible, right? You know, but it's not, it, God has to meet us in that moment, in his timing, in his power. Um, when healing happens, it's not because we were super spiritual, but because the Holy Spirit is super powerful. Has nothing to do with my level. Now, there, I think there is a level of faith that we have to apply that kind of will get different results. You know, we think about the woman with the issue of blood. She chased after Jesus, and she said, man, if I will just grab a, a, the hem of his, just the bottom of his robe, if I will grab a hold of it, I'll be healed. And we saw that healing. But what happened? She touched him. There's something powerful that happens when you get someone who is full of the Spirit and full of faith to agree with you in prayer. Now, I'm going to challenge you just a little bit. I know sometimes we can say, well, the Lord's just going to touch me right in my chair, right where I'm at, and he's just going to be good. We get too comfortable that in the church. Last I read, it says, come to the front. Let them agree with you on prayer. Put some hands on you and then expect God to do something. Let me give you one more example. James 5, 14 through 15. It says, if any of you among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will rise him up. And if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Let me pause just for a moment. Talking about anointing oil. So we have anointing oil right here. 
that anointing oil, there's nothing really super special about it. Now, we've prayed over it. We've anointed the oil because I feel like before you consecrate or you pray over something, it's not really anything significant. But we pray over that oil, um, just saying, Lord, let it accomplish the purpose for which you've accomplished. You know, so think about oil. So oil in the Old Testament, it was used in the tabernacle. So the tabernacle was the, was the, the church building, and every artif- artifact, every tool, everything was anointed for the work of service. So anointing oil, man, it was, man, it was everything had anointing oil on it. So when, when we put anointing oil on you, all that it is doing, it is symbolizing that, hey, this is the Holy Spirit, this is God's, and it just releases that divine authority. It's symbolism, right? You know, we were, we were talking about that. We are like, man, okay, anointing oil. How the heck did we get doing anointing oil? We know, because we were looking at the scriptures right here. It says, hey, you know, call for the elders. But like, when do we use anointing oil? Is there certain people? But it says the elders, so can only the elders use oil? Man, I got into this, like, thinking through this, like, oh, man, like, I better really think through that, like, if we're going to practice using oil. And I got to the place, I'd rather throw oil on people than not if that's what God uses. Like, now, in the, in the Old Testament, it was different, right? You know, it's just, we just don't, we kind of dab. But, man, in the Old Testament, they pour that thing. We can't afford to pour like that. Let's get that uh, cooking oil and just be like, we grease them all up and then send them all out. Be like, what happened? I got anointed today. <laughs> Look like you fell in a Crisco bucket when you leave. Like, that's right not. <laughs> you can pray for me, Pastor. I just don't want no oil, right? But we, we see it because it, 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 it models it. It says, hey, anoint them with oil. Now, we know it doesn't say lay hands on, but there is no way for me to get oil on you in how we practice it. Uh, without placing hands on you, but we know when it says also when you pray for the sick, lay your hands on them so we can assume based on all the other passages, anoint them with oil, place your hands on them, pray for them, and then expect a miracle from God. That's what it says. But it says come, let them anoint you with oil, let them place their hands on you, not stay in your seat, not lift your hands real high, not stretch your hands out for that blessing, but to come to the front. Uh, before ser- between services, I warned our prayer team. I said, you guys got to be ready because we may change our perspective on how we respond to what God is doing. I think God requires us to take a big faith step sometimes. It's real easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to praise God, but I'm going to praise him from my seat. I think there's something significant about getting out of your comfort zone, coming to the middle and coming up front. That is a bold, strong move of saying, man, I'm in. I want some of that. Like I said, the woman with the issue of blood, she had to push through. She had to come forward. She wasn't just going to sit there and say, I'm just going to sit here and catch my blessing. I'm going to just sit here and catch my, my, my healing. No, she made a way. She pushed herself to the front. So I warned them. I said, man, the altar ministry may be totally different from here out if we really understand the laying on of hands. Because if I'm going to place hands on you, you got to get in close proximity. You can't do that from your seat. But if you want what the Holy Spirit has to offer, you got to get around somebody that has the Holy Spirit in them and allow that to release that out of their life. But guess what? You can do that too. It's not just reserved for me. It's not just reserved for pastors. But all of those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. So if we want to see more of God released in our life, release the Holy Spirit to do what he wants us to do, but also do what he says do in the model and the way that he says. All right. Um... I want to challenge you, pray and allow God to work a miracle before you take an Advil, take an ibuprofen, or you go see a doctor. Let God, give God a chance to, to do a miracle in your life. 
Don't just say, hey, doctor, I need to come see you. Have you come to the elders of the church first and allow God a chance to do a miracle? I know people are always about God as a last resort. Oh, there ain't nothing else I can do. I guess I'll go get the church pray now. Let's trust God first because I feel like if we trust God in every situation first, that puts our faith in God first. And I believe that, you know, God don't want to be second, third best. We're like, all right, you struck out three times. Then you came to me like, thank God that God ain't like that. But can you think about that? Oh, well, you went to the doctor, you took your medicine, you went over here da, 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 and it didn't work. And now you come to me. Let's come to God first. Perhaps he'll be gracious and we'll see miracle work and power of God released in the lives of people. Okay. All right, so uh, imparting blessing, authority, and healing. Number two, impartation, imparting the Holy Spirit. That is part of receiving what it is. So let's look at these passages, Acts 8, 14 through 17. In verse 14, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritan uh, had accepted the word of the Lord, they, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet uh, come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were already baptized, but they had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now understand the disciples, you're not going to find any support initially that the disciples got hands laid on them. Do you know why there were no hands laid on the disciples? Because initially... On the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit came and it, it, it descended on each of them. And it says like tongues of fire rested on each of them. The Holy Spirit laid the hands on the initial disciples. Then the disciples were infilled with the Holy Spirit. They were deposited the, 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 the Holy Spirit. And then they could now take from that deposit and guess what? Deposit in the lives of others. Okay, so just be mindful of that. Um, notice that the Holy Spirit had not yet given. They had been simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them. Can you say that with me? Say, place their hands on them. Nothing special about the hands, but we see that this was the transference. This is where I get what I got and I get it to you. And it says, and they received the Holy Spirit. Right? Practice of laying on of hands. It's getting pretty commonplace when we start looking at all of these passages. Laying on of hands is practice, practice, practice. So it should be something we continue to practice. What about Acts 9, verse 17? So this is Saul on the road to Damascus with Ananias. So Ananias went to the house and he entered it. Um, and it says that he placed his hands on Saul. And he said, Brother Saul, the Lord you know, who appeared to you on the road has had me come here. He sent me so that first and foremost you might see again, because he was blind, he couldn't see. So he said that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what did Ananias do so that he might re re regain his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit? He placed his hands on Saul. When he did that, he received his sight and he received the Holy Spirit. And we see that that was a complete transformation in the life of Saul. So we see the power of the Holy Spirit not just being released by prayer. So I'm just encouraging us, let's practice what we're, what we're reading. Like, you know, be like, all right, if y'all just want the Holy Spirit, can y'all just lift your hands towards heaven this morning? God's kind of convicting me of this. Like, that's not really, I mean, you can. Can God do whatever he wants? Can he break the mold? Can he just drop fire on you right now? And be, absolutely. But the model is, for you to get what I got, you got to get close to me, and i got to get hands on you. <laughs> and then I can transfer that which God has given me. Freely you have received, freely give. Okay? 
That's the model. That's the practice. Over and over again through the book of Acts, we see that hands were placed on people. But they, were, they were placed on individuals and they received the Holy Spirit. So the disciples received it from, from the Holy Ghost. And then it's also enabled us to release that in the lives of others. Matthew 10, 8, freely of your seed, freely give. Um, understand that um, all that God has access to is given to us. And he desires for us to give that to the world around us. It's not based on what you have, but it is based on what the Holy Spirit has. And I would probably say many of us have just begun to barely begin to allow the Holy Spirit to be released in our life. Um, just don't get in the way of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through you. Okay? I always see it kind of as a, think about, think about this, uh, we have to allow the fullness of the Holy Spirit to come out of us. How many of you have ever purchased a pool and you're filling it up with your water hose? Right? It takes forever, right? How many of you have ever got that water hose and you just open it just a little bit and you just got a trickle filling that pool up? Who, who's ever done that? It's kind of ignorant, right? When you have the potential to turn that joker all the way open and you got a full flow coming out. A lot of times we are doing that same thing with the Spirit. We are just barely cracking the surface of what he's wanting to do. When he says rivers of living water will flow out of you. Right? Rivers. This ain't no little trickle. This ain't no little drip. This is a rivers of living water will flow out of you. This is what we have on the inside. And God wants to release that out of us into the lives of others. All right. So this last one, commissioning, commissioning of ministers. So this is the sending out, the placing in authority in the church, different things like this. So it is the setting in or the positioning of church leaders. Um, and this is done by the laying on of hands. It's an act of setting apart for a specific work or a calling of God. Um, it, it's a public committing to God for some special task or ministry. Um, we don't do it all the time in this church because we are careful of how many people and who we position in authority, um, like as far as like setting in to the church, right? We have pastoral staff, we have elders and, you know, praying about bringing on new elders. When we position a new elder, everybody's going to know it. Everybody's going to see it. I don't know how we do that Two services. kind of weird. Like when you pray and you set in first service, it's like, they already sat in, but the second service didn't see it. Do I set them in again and just go through the motions? All these church weird stuff. It's like, how do we do this, Lord? They're already set in, so we're just going to set them in again. I guess I would just tell you, hey, first service, we set them in, and we anointed them, and we positioned them. But you know, when we anoint and we place our hands on them, do you know we're not just setting them in powerless, but we're setting them in that God would release all of the grace gifts necessary to fulfill the office that they're being set in for. Now, if you've ever pastored, if you've ever led something, or if you've been, uh, you know, you know the, the weight of ministry. It, it's important to have the grace gift to go along with what God is calling you to in the church. So it is just positioning those. It, it's, it's, it's setting in um, for those positions of ministry. Let's look at a, a biblical uh, example, Acts 13, 1 through 3. So this is the setting in of, of, of uh, Barnabas and Saul. It says, in the church of Antioch, there, there, were, there were prophets and teachers uh, Barnabas, Simon, Lucius, uh, Menane, and Saul, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, get that, the Holy Spirit dictates who is positioned in the church, who is removed from the church, what changes need to happen in the church. It's not just our own, oh, this looks good. 
we will always ask the Holy Spirit. But it says, while they were praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, it says, set apart for me uh, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Verse 3, so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. So understand there is a setting apart. There is a setting in, which is that physical laying on of hands, blessing, praying over them. And then there is a sending out, a commissioning out to what God has called them to. Acts 6, 1 through 7, this is another one of choosing of the deacons of the of the church, there was a dispute. They were frustrated that some of the widows were being overlooked. Um, so the preachers and teachers were having to focus on that. So what they did, they positioned deacons. Now, a deacon is just someone in the church that really covers the, uh, I guess, the practical things of the church. Um, and then the, the, your, your elders and pastors would focus on the spiritual, the preaching and teaching of the word. That, Cause that was the debate it says, man, we can't, we can't focus on the preaching and teaching and, and deal with the widows and all of those things. So they positioned and they were, what they were doing, they were going to pray about choosing of seven deacons. So here's what happened. They were able to, in verse three through seven, they were able to find seven faithful men full of the spirit and wisdom. Verse six, it says, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them, and in verse 7, so the word of God spread. So they found these guys, they prayed for these guys, they asked the Holy Spirit, they placed their hands on them, and it wasn't just like, all right, we pray for you, okay, don't do anything now. There was a, there was, first there was a setting in, there, there, there was a setting apart, there was a setting in, and then there was a sending out. Like at that point, we pray that all those God gifts are given to you, that they can do the work that God has called them to. Okay, so we lay our hands on pastors, elders, deacons, and we have to understand this is a biblical model. It releases the grace gifts of God uh, to those individuals that they're being commissioned to those offices that they're holding. Um, and re really, it's a powerful thing. I think, um, man, you can walk in a greater anointing. You can just, it just, man, if anything, it lets me know, man, God's got me. I remember being prayed over. It's like, dear Lord Jesus, help me. All right, they're praying over me. They're believing the Holy Ghost to do what he can do. And I've just seen even when you're set in correctly and you're set in through authority of the church, man, they do. They just walk in that anointing. They become what God needs them to be. Not because they are what God needs them to be, but, but the spirit of God inside of them enables them to be what God has called them to be. So, we, so the three areas, laying on a hands, imparting blessing, imparting authority, imparting healing, that is a releasing Secondly, imparting of the Holy Spirit. That is for you to receive the Holy Spirit. It's a receiving. But then a commissioning, a sending out of those called to ministry. Those that are going to go to the mission field, uh, prayed over Laura, prayed over, you know, like ones that we have sent out. Um, we just do that, man. We, we pray when they come in. We pray when they go out. There's nothing wrong with all of those things. I want people as they're sent to be blessed. Anything I have, Lord, that, they can, that I can transfer and give to them to give them the grace they need to s survive and do all of the things that ministry demands, we want to release those people into that. Let's look at this pas last passage in closing, 1 Timothy 4.14. It says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through the prophetic message. What that means, that is a spoken word. Um, when the body of elders laid their hands on you, now understand, there is something about submitting yourself to the leadership of the church. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and call our prayer teams up if we got prayer teams in the room this morning because I really feel like our perception should be changing. 
to where when we have an altar call, we're not okay just staying in our seats, but we want to come forward and we want people to lay their hands on us and pray for us. Now, I want you to know everybody on this prayer team has been positioned there and has been approved by me, approved by God to be in those positions. Full of the Holy Ghost, being able to impart, man, all kinds of super awesome spiritual gifts to you. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said in the first service, not to just be redundant, but because I know it to be true. But Mark and Angel, God has deposited crazy spiritual gifts in them. But you can only get that by getting close and letting them place their hands on you. And then they can release and they can impart, not their, not their gifts, but the gifts that God has given them inside that he can release to you. It says, do not neglect or don't forget this gift that was given to you. But it was re- released and it was given to you through a spoken word and when hands were placed on you. Can you stand up with me? So we get to this big, now what? What do we do now with what we know? I challenged you strongly about water baptism. That we do it because of an act of obedience. But I would challenge you today, if you have never allowed the Holy Spirit to be fully released in your life, that today would be the day where you would trust God to release the Holy Spirit in the measure that I'm talking about. Man, you can live life without releasing the Holy Spirit fully in your life. Man, but you won't see the power that the Bible promised. You won't see the victory that the Bible promised. Talk about rivers of living water flowing out of you. It's kind of hard to hide that, right? (laughs) I can maybe plug up a trickle. (laughs) I can't plug up a river. But we got to realize the whole point is not to dam it up or to close it up. The whole point is to let it flow out of you. So I hope today that you are more comfortable than you've ever have been with the understanding of the laying on of hands. But there's just certain things that cannot be imparted, certain things that cannot be released in your life until you make that big faith move. You say, man, I don't know, but whatever they got, I want it. It's going to require you getting out of your seat, coming forward and getting somebody to physically place their hands on you. You're going to have to get close. It's like if I have a piece of candy in my hand, and I sure want that candy. Yeah, go get it. Like, it's up to you. The gifts of God are great. The gifts of the Spirit are great. Can I challenge you one thing, though? You can't get the Holy Spirit without Jesus. But when we receive Jesus, we get His Holy Spirit. It's inside of us. We just got to let Him loose. Amen? So whatever you have need of this morning, I believe that God has it available. But he wants to release it through his people. Because I think that brings him ultimate glory. (laughs) When he uses me, you, and me, he uses us to disperse those gifts in the lives of others. But I'm believing that as you respond, as you come forward, um, 
I'm not going to pressure you. <laughs> I'm not going to force you, but I am going to strongly encourage you. If you want to see something change, you're going to have to make a strong, bold move. And then I feel like, as Jesus said, according to your faith, may it be so. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to release you. And I'm just going to just, uh, if you want prayer this morning, if you want, just put it. I, mean, I don't know what you have need of. God knows. And he's more than able to release anything and everything that you need this morning. So let me pray over you. I'll release you. And those that want to respond, you can actually go ahead and respond if you want to respond. If you're like, man, just tell me, come on, I'm ready to go. But I'm going to pray over you and I'll release you. And then we can uh, see what the Holy Spirit does. So Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promise of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the power and, and how, whatever happens when people place our hands on us. Lord, we really know it's just that transference of all of the gifts, all of the things that the Spirit of God has available being transferred into our life. So, Father, I pray that today that um, as we reach out, as we draw near, God, that we would have and we would receive all that we're looking for. Father, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, and if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, and you say, I don't have a relationship, I don't even know about this Holy Spirit, y'all are tripping me out with all this stuff you're talking about. The first thing is knowing the giver of the gift, Jesus. And if you, if you just want to make that decision today, come up and the prayer team can lead you in that too. But the, today that you would walk in all of the fullness of what God has for you. But that what you have received, you will begin to freely give. Now, if you've prayed for somebody and you've never been bold enough to place your hands on them, just ask them, say, hey, uh, when I pray for you, is it okay if I place my hand on your shoulder? Or, hey, can I take your hand? And see what happens when you make physical contact and your spirit intersects their spirit and there's a transference of the power of God. Because when that power is released, it changes everything. So Lord, I pray we'd walk in the fullness of your power. We would accomplish and do all that you've called us to. Father, everything we've received, allow us the boldness to give it away to the world. And if there's anything that happens that's amazing or awesome or cool, that we'd give you credit for those things. And Father, we thank you for your goodness, the gift of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.